What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hustle and Muscle podcast. I'm your host, aka, uh, what am I? I'm the Hustle. Right. Uh, and this and is my I am co-host or counter. No, you're my counter assistant. Host. Counter host. I counter him. I am the muscle, Kristen. And you didn't say what your name is. Everybody knows my name. <laughs> and when you get to this level, you don't even have to say your own what name. What is this? Cheers. Everybody knows my name. Cheers. <laughs> Uh, so again, welcome back to episode number two. I'm excited about this one. Um, before we bring our guest on, and if you don't know who our guest is, or if you weren't sure our guest is, we're going to play her intro one more time. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome <laughs> our guest for episode number two, Brittany Diamond. How do you get the, uh, the clapping and all the sound effects and something? That would be like awesome. Like a switchboard. Right yes. Your yeah. intro, when Chris did it, he was so excited about it. And I saw it and I got so amped up because I love wrestling. So it was really exciting. Yeah, that was that awesome. Was so you too. didn't do Jens with the wrestling. That was like kind of an afterthought. No, that was the first one. No, yes, that was, that was so far. One. That was like my favorite one. So, yeah. All right. So now that we're all squared away and everything's working. <laughs> so tell us about yourself. Give us like a brief intro. Intro. Yeah. So my name is Brittany Diamond. I live in Rhode Island. I'm 28 years old. I turned. I received my professional strongwoman card in 2017. Prior to that, I was a Division One athlete, and just over the course, like even how you and I connected, Kristen basically just through social media. So that's kind of what I do. I showcase what I love, just try to be authentic so we can dig into the good stuff tonight. So uh, we know that you're a professional athlete and uh, that's what you do now. So when you were like a kid, like growing up and stuff, like let's talk a little bit about that. Like what kind of kid were you when you were like, say eight years old, 12 years old, getting ready to go into high school and stuff? Did you do like were you like an outdoors kid? Were you like a tomboy? Were you a girly girl? Like who was who were you uh, as a child? I was pretty I was a pretty reckless kid. Uh, <laughs> pretty much the same as I am now. I always like to be outside. Always, honestly, it's kind of funny that I do strongman because I was always in the backyard, like moving boulders. Not even kidding, doing stuff like that. I had two brothers, so I was always trying to keep up with them. And I was very hyper. Had a lot of energy, so my mom would just make me run laps <laughs> she's like you go outside and run or ride your bike or something so yeah very active at a young age <laughs> then did you play sports and stuff in high school or anything Any i did, I, did track. I tried basketball not very coordinated and i always just liked being solo so i did cross country and track those were my main sports through middle and high school because you're so tall i would think basketball would be off awesome for you but i guess coordination does come into yeah, play. I, wasn't very, I, I think i could have been better if i really liked it but i wasn't i just didn't really like it that much what did you run in track i did whatever my coach had me do that day <laughs> but i said <laughs> I could do anything from like sprinting 100 meters all the way up to like a two mile, but I specialize more in like middle distance. 400, 800? 600, yep, exactly. And uh, 600 for indoor track. I was this exact same way. And those to me are the the workouts that are the, the events where it takes a lot of grit, just kind of like in Strongman. Oh, exactly. You, you guys might have to like dust off the old track uniforms and have like a 400 <laughs> meter sprint. Right. Time. Oh, we should do, Kristen, we should seriously do that. See if we can be our old time. We'll pull our hammies together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually what happened to me. That's why I ended up doing rowing in college because I pulled my hamstring. <laughs> um, college, did you, I, I'm guessing your D1 collegiate athlete, did you run track and cross country in college as well? No, I actually was a rower, which because I tore my hamstring. Yeah, I tore my hamstring my junior year right when I was being looked at through different universities. And I knew I still wanted a scholarship, but I really wanted to play a sport. 
So I kind of just did some research and I found out that a lot of times they'll recruit division one rowers because they have a novice. It's the only sport that will have a novice division. And if you're just naturally athletic and willing to wake up at that time. So I literally just did a rowing test and a running test. There's a lot of running and rowing to make sure your you know endurance is good. So that's how rowing came to be, which is kind of crazy. I did not see that. I didn't see it going that way either. That's so funny because you're talking yeah. about like the, the track, 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 and then you went into rowing. That's so random, but very it, cool. It, it really is random. <laughs> yeah. But that definitely, it, it, uh, it helps with like lifting too. We do CrossFit. We use we use rowing and stuff, and I feel like it's an easy way to explain different movements because it's so technical. Exactly, and that's it. Was in college, we had mandatory lifts. That's where I fell in love with lifting, and was like, all right, well, this is my next sport, but I don't know how to make it a sport. And that's when I found strong women. So everything happens for a reason, right? Sure does. <laughs> Did you have any role models when you were a little kid? Like when you were a little kid, was there anybody that you like looked up to on TV or in your area or anything like that? Yes. Yeah, so. Flo jo, the track star. Do you remember yep. her? Yeah, I do. She. I actually watched a lot of track and like the Olympics and stuff when I was little. Well, your dad's like obsessed with watching the Olympics, so yeah. that makes sense. So I read her autobiography like five times. I was obsessed with her because, number one, she was athletic. But number two, she almost got banned from the Olympics because of how she looked and dressed. So she always wore like very flamboyant, colorful leggings, usually one leg. And then she had long nails and she was almost banned. I think it was 88, I want to say. Can't, don't quote me on that. But yeah, they almost took her gold medal away because of her nails. So I just became obsessed with her because I love that she just marched to the beat of her own drum. And she was one of the only very feminine athletes at that time that I could look up to. So she was kind of my only role model. I didn't really follow any other sports. There was no one local. Um, and I still, to this day, love her. Rest in peace, but still look up to her. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The one thing I want to talk about was, uh, I know you're a professional strongman. How does somebody, like if somebody doesn't know much about the sport, because like when, when we, well, when she started and I kind of like, you know, obviously like followed this and like started paying attention to the sport, uh, I didn't understand like how you became a professional at the sport. Like, you know, like in football, you kind of just get drafted, you get picked and you get to become a, you become a professional athlete. So in the sport of strongman, how does somebody become a pro or how do you get that? Yeah, yeah, great question. I, I was I was actually in the midst of when they finally gave women the chance to turn pro, which was 2015, I believe, was the first year they were able to. So essentially how it works is you do a local competition. You have to place in a category. It can't be novice. That doesn't count. But you have to place in one of the weight categories. So lightweight, middleweight, or heavyweight open. That's usually at your state, you know, whatever state you live in. And then from there you qualify usually it's the first place second place winner sometimes depending on how big the show is you go to nationals which is every winner in the same um you know lightweight middleweight heavyweight again competing together and from there it's usually the top percentage that go to a bigger show like usually everyone for the most part knows what the arnold is in Columbus, Ohio. So that's a big expo. And usually that's where people can get their pro card. Um, so it's kind of like four steps. You have to win local, win national, or qualify for local, I should say, because you have to somehow get into the local show being novice. And then local, nationals, and then like the world level, essentially. So you just have to literally like keep winning. So if yeah. you go to like, 
if you go to nationals and you have a terrible day and you don't qualify and you don't make it, it's just one of those like better luck next year. Like start over, go to a local show yeah, and then win that show to get to go back to nationals, to have a chance to win nationals, right? Yes. Like it's pretty much like you could, you could go to nationals five times. And if you don't win in each event, it's just wait till next year again. Exactly. Occasionally they'll have like something called a platinum plus event. But again, you have to qualify for that usually through, you know, there's different rules, but essentially, yes, like it can take people years because you can just miss it, you know, <laughs> by a small amount. That happened to me my first year. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's a, definitely a process. It doesn't just happen. So when you started competing in Strongman, how long until you got your pro card? How did that, how long did that process take? So uh, my first show ever was my junior year of college. I just jumped into it. It was a novice show. I didn't train for it. I didn't know what anything was. That was the summer, August, 2013. So then I had a whole nother year of rowing that I came back. I knew when I graduated college and I was done with my rowing career that I was determined to push the strong woman stuff as far as I could. So graduated in June, 2014. And I did the same show that I did the previous year, but in the open division this time, not novice. So that was August 2014. And I got my pro card in February 2017. So about almost three years. It's funny, when I first started, I actually was on the lower end. I was almost going to cut to be a lightweight because I was so, I was like 150 pounds. And then just over the course of several years, like adding muscle, um, I'm a true middleweight. <laughs> so it's kind of funny how that works out. I'm sure you get this question a lot. Uh... I'm assuming you're okay with talking about like your body weight. I know that's one of those things when like growing up as a boy, it's like you don't ask girls that, but being that you compete in a sport that's based on body weight, what do you typically walk around at and what do you compete at? So great question. I typically walk around at 175 and that's where I compete. I've tried different methods over the years where I tried to gain as much muscle as possible. And I actually had to cut one time to 180. I started at 185. And I definitely was statically stronger because I was purposely not doing as much conditioning or cardio, but I felt terrible. Everything hurt and I wasn't as fast. So I quickly realized that wasn't a good method. So I was just going to stay where I feel the most comfortable, which is right around 175. And so if you cut to go to the next weight class, what's the lowest? And then, then you'd be down to. You're like right in the middle of the weight class, right? Of the middleweight. So you would, the next weight class would be lightweight. Yeah. I could never because it's below 140. That's a bit, that would be a huge cut. Yeah, that wouldn't be healthy. I would never be able That wouldn't be healthy. Even at, when I do body, um, at my leanest, I'm like 168. No, and even saying like you felt crummy at like 180, 185, even though like you were within your your weight class, yeah. you know, allowance, and then how you feel at 175. I think all of our bodies have that um, sweet spot. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree. And it's, I think it takes a couple of years, like you could probably attest this to Kristen, to kind of figure out what is a happy medium? Because yes, you want to look a certain way, but how do you perform? And like I just said, like I was stronger, like I could deadlift almost 500 pounds, no issues when I was 180, but it was hard for, like I'd get out of breath easy. And I didn't like that. And strongman's very athletic. You know, people think it's just how much you can lift, but it's not. <laughs> so yeah, totally. Um, people that want to, guys or girls that want to get into a sport like this or want to compete and try to become on the professional level, what kind of sacrifices does that take like friends, family, your daily life, like your just social life and stuff like that? How does that get affected? 
I wouldn't, hopefully you don't have to sacrifice friends and family because hopefully you're surrounding yourself with people that support your goals. I mean, I know for me, my friends, how we met too, all just turned into people that have the same passion for what they do. Um, and my family, you know, they just, <laughs> they just kind of roll, roll their eyes at me. They, they know when I say I'm going to do something, they're going to do it. But in terms of everyday life, the sacrifices, you just have to get used to being uncomfortable, I would say, because, you know, strongman workouts aren't always fun. Like you can go to the gym and get a pump and feel good and, you know, get your endorphins up. But there's days when you're doing strongman, if you're training events, like you mentally and physically are just defeated. Like I've described it as I feel like I got run over by a bus when I'm training strongman. <laughs> so I guess that's a great way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> so we started to just talk about training just now. You kind of like started to go into that and segue into that. What is like a typical training day for you? Yeah, it just depends on my goals. Do you want me to answer that from like right now or what I'm doing strongman? Let's say that like you're prepping, you're a couple months out from a show or you have a show in, in a few months and you're starting to prep, then you know those events um, that are coming up. Yeah, so where I've been doing the sport for so long, I actually don't train events as much as I used to. I'll only start working them in about six to eight weeks out because just so I can avoid injury um, and avoid my CNS just being totally shut down for moving events or Atlas stones or anything really, really heavy, like certain things like overhead press, like log or axle, I'll keep those in because I can work with them at a lighter weight and do more reps. Um, but prep, generally, I like to train. I actually reduce my training. I go from five to six days a week to just four because the sessions are longer and they're pretty much all just like heavy, hard, a lot of volume sessions. So I'll reduce my training. Time has gone up. Like I'll be in the gym longer, but only four days a week. Okay. So this is one, we talked about this a little bit earlier, um, breast augmentation. Yes. It's something that comes up all the time. And I've put a lot of stuff out there. Um, being a CrossFit athlete, went in a strong man. So there were a lot of like trials and tribulations that I went through. Um, but there's not a lot out there from other girls. I think it's taboo and people don't want to talk about it. And you said you were willing to talk about it. Absolutely. So yeah. Do you want to? I do want to ask you about, um, like, now you're more of a strongman athlete. You do a lot of like bodybuilding stuff. So, how was your recovery? And I'm going to do what every smart man does. And when two women are about to start talking about breasts, I'm just going to sit back and keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I train him so well. So, no, I'm so happy you asked that because I try to go through my DMs. That's one of the questions I get asked often because I'm open about it. That's how we became friends because you helped me so much. Yes. So, my like, I tell everyone the same thing. Because I was so, I put it off for, it was something I always wanted, but I literally put it off only for the reason of being scared. It would limit my ability to be the type of athlete I wanted to. And I can tell you it in no way did. I literally forget they're there. My recovery, Kristen, and my recovery is a little bit different than everyone else's. So I went over the muscle like you did, which is better for athletic reasons. Yes. Um, I got my surgery the day before Thanksgiving. I did that on purpose so I didn't have to take work off um, in 2018, I believe. 
Yes. yes. 18. Because I was right after you. Yep. And 10 days, not even 10 days later, nine days later, that Sunday, I was driving to work and unfortunately someone actually rear-ended me. I was a pretty bad car accident. I had a concussion and the only thing I was worried about, I should be worried about my head, but I was like, oh my God, my surgery, it's ruined, it's ruined. We were all worried about them. Yeah. We were all worried. (laughs) It was like, literally, my mom's like, worry about your head. I'm like, no, my my beautiful implants. Like, are they fine? They look fine. It's an expensive purchase. (laughs) But I went, got them checked out. Everything's fine. That actually gave me the confidence. Getting into that accident showed me, like, damn, (laughs) these things are pretty bulletproof. So I took took a couple days off just because of the car accident and stuff. But two weeks later, I was training legs. Um, and I remember, this is crazy, but exactly one month post-op, it probably was pushing it a little bit too much, but I did body weight log. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. The only thing that kind of still, I did, um, I think like I waited to do pull-ups because that anything where I was really using my lats kind of irritated me. But yeah, like three months later, I was fully recovered. Like don't even think about it at all. So. so zero limitations, like everything. Zero. zero. Okay. I beat these things up. Like sometimes I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, should I be concerned there's a 300 pound Atlas stone or if I'm doing like seal rows, I'm just like, mm, they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done, I'm just like kind of thinking back to like my first event post op. Have you ever done anything weird to protect them? Or were you just like, they are totally good. We're good. So I think because of the car accident, because I had in my head, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Sometimes when I was doing like lap pull downs at first, I would um, touch my hand and like make sure I was just touching my lat just to make sure I was activating it. And I was also just like engagement. Yeah. And I was scared. I was like, they're not going to move. Right. So I was just using a lot more mind muscle connection. But, you know, other than a really good bra, because I never really had to have a supporter sports bra before. And that was only at first. Now I wear whatever I want. But for the first like year, I wasn't sure what it would be like going from like having no boobs to like having huge boobs all of a sudden. <laughs> Don't mind my professional terminology. Um, I wore like really. Support- we're not. We're not breast specialists. We yeah. just had yeah breasts done. Um, I dabble a little bit. Oh, I would dab- say I'm okay, somewhat of a specialist. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much. I it. had. Um, do you remember? Do I remember what? the tape oh you duct taped them didn't you you taped them all my first show i was so nervous and we're talking it was april and i got them done november so like five ish months yeah and i made chris duct tape yeah for uh and only for stones it was the last event it was at um matt mills gym lightning fitness and i made chris duct tape because I was afraid that with tacky, it was going to pull funny and I, I would have been screwed. So we just duct taped yeah. everything. We probably <laughs> looked a little odd in the parking lot, <laughs> just taping. Yeah, it was weird. It got weird real fast, but then I went to yeah. nationals and everything was fine. So <laughs> I feel like the duct tape would hurt um, more. What? I feel like the duct tape would hurt more. <laughs> it like kept them tight. Yeah, okay. yeah, because the only the moving. I hurt. wanted the tightness. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Uh, I would say that uh, you and Kristen are probably two of the most attractive women um, in the sport of strongman. 
Um, and I'm sure, and, and I'm not putting anybody down by that, but do you feel that um, being the way that you look, being so feminine and everything, does, do you get any shade at all being in a sport as like grueling and as like gruff as strongman is? Yeah, great question. Happy you asked that. Yes, I definitely like so when I first started, you know, I think people thought it was kind of cool. Like, all right, you can be, you know, very feminine and do all this stuff. But then that's from an outside perspective when you're actually in the sport, not so much at the professional level. At the professional level, I think we all have an admiration and mutual respect for one another and what it takes. But definitely I experienced it like at the national level when I was younger and I didn't understand. I was like, why are people mean to me for nothing? I felt like I had to go out of my way to be nice. And when I was still young, I was like, you know, I'm young now still, but I was like 24. And I just didn't, it was mostly older, middle-aged women. Like I remember one time, not going to call any names. <laughs> I offered to take a picture for someone. And she literally was like, who do you think you are? She's like, did you get a spray tan for this? And I was like, no, I'm just tan. She's like, well, why do you have makeup on? I'm like, because when I compete, I wear makeup because I want to look good. Um, <laughs> you know, now I'm older, I can look at that and just kind of laugh. That's Kristen and I bonded over that before because mm -hmm. like, why should the way you look, like, why do you have to look a certain way to compete? Doesn't define you as an athlete whatsoever. Like, why can't you just be pretty and also be good at mm -hmm. sports? Exactly. When you asked me who my role model was, it was because of Flojo, because she looked that mm -hmm. way and almost lost her gold medal had to fight for her gold medal because of her nails being too long. Yeah, so. and, I, and I've asked you that because I've, I, I say it because I've seen that before and I've seen it like, you know, with Kristen and not just in Strongman, but other sports too, is that there's this like perception or people start to kind of like cast judgment on you if you look too girly in these like strength-based sports where you're out there to compete, to see how strong, how tough you are. You know, it's a lot of these, a lot of people don't like to see that type of look or it might be just a jealousy thing, but I was just curious if you did also, you know, experience that type of like mindset or attitude from people. Since we've talked so much about training and stuff, let's talk about uh, nutrition. Um, now, when it comes to diet and everything, uh, do you count macros or do you eat any special diet? Um, do you watch your calories? How does all that work? Yeah. So when I'm training for strongman, I definitely, I usually use RP strength. And it goes, it does go by macros. However, just for my own planning, budget reasons, all of that, I tend to eat the same thing pretty much every day just because I know it works for me. So basics, guys, like eggs, vegetables, steak, chicken for carb, rice, potato, cream of rice, oats, very, very basic. And then once a week, especially during strongman, like if I have my event day, usually it's either Saturday or Sunday, I'll then allow myself a literal cheat meal of whatever I want. So sushi, you know, burger and fries, whatever. But I pretty much eat the same thing every day and just add more carbs in when I'm training events. So you count like every day, you know what everything kind of equals and you're good with that? Like, that's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I literally have it written down on my fridge behind me, like meal one is this. <laughs> and then some days, you know, I've done that with a dry erase marker. <laughs> yeah. And then some days, like I'm not, unless I'm in bodybuilding prep, I'm not super type A OCD about it. Like if I, wake up and I'm really just not hungry and I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning, I'll just combine meal one and two. As long as I'm having the carbs around my workouts, that's all I'm really like very strict with. I think that makes it a lot easier too, is like if you're, if you're going to stick with like a very similar diet day after day, it just makes life a lot easier instead of like, 
being that person that eats like the you know same breakfast two days in a row and you're like, I can't have this again. Like give me something different and have to like rework your whole like macros, your whole diet yeah. all over again for that. When day. people say that, like, that's like to do you work with people on their diets too, or you're just I know you're a, a coach as well. Do you do nutrition also or so, do you do just training? I do, but I try to refer out because I oftentimes find that it's better to just get better to have like a training coach and then a diet coach because they're so different and you can go into so much detail especially with like diet because then you're going to look you're going to need like um blood levels and blood tests so i kind of like to refer out to a specialized person for that um just because it's not i don't like i don't love i love training and i love looking at people's videos and like figuring out where they can improve i don't love diet because then it's like Oh, they're allergic to that. That makes them bloated. It's a lot of note taking and I don't know, I'm just more passionate about the training side. So even for myself, like figuring stuff out, I'm like, I don't like to try anything new because I'm scared to see. I'm like, what if I am allergic to this or if I break out or <laughs> where have you traveled to competing in either strongman or anything else? Like where has this journey taken you? Uh, any other countries, other states, uh, anything like that? Yes, such a great question. So growing up, I didn't really travel much. I actually didn't get on my first plane ride until college through athletics. And never in my wildest dreams would, when I think about all the places I've been, all the plane rides I've been from the sport, either competing or if I'm like helping host an event or run an event or something, it's brought me so many places all over. The coolest place, hands down, is Norway. I competed in America, uh, strongest woman in the world there. That was by far the coolest place ever. I've also been to Australia, the other side of the world, and New Zealand. And because I met one of my best friends, she's a lightweight pro, Kia. She lives in Australia. And then we went to go visit our, our other friend who's a pro in New Zealand when we were over there. So I was actually thinking about that when I was overseas because I was like, wow, I'm here because of my sport. I never would have met these people. So um, then all over the U.S., of course, but those are the three coolest places it's brought me so far. Do you ever go out of your way to make sure that you're like actually enjoying those locations? Because I know in the beginning, like we would like compete somewhere and we would go to like, I don't know, like we Minneapolis. Would. She would compete. I would go. <laughs> I would carry her gym bag. But we would go to like a state, you know, we'd be in like Ohio, wherever we'd go. And it was like we'd go there, compete, get on a plane, come home. Mm -hmm. And we did that so many times where I'm like. You know, we've like been all over the country and I haven't seen anything. It's just so bizarre. That's always been my goal. And that's, you know, we, we, we were traveling together, you know, in Georgia. And I love that we went out because usually I'm by myself because a lot of other competitors are like so in the zone. And don't get me, I'm in the zone and I'm serious. But like at the end of the day, when I'm 80 years old and telling, you know, family these stories, I'm going to talk about winning hopefully and stuff, but I'm also going to be like, I did this when I was there. That's why usually I always have a plan. Like when I'm on the plane, even if I'm cutting weight and I'm starving or something, like it gives me something to look forward to. So I'll look up where I'm going and just like make a little itinerary of like two things I need to see. And that's usually I just go alone because other people don't want to. And I'm just like, you know what? I'll go. I'll have some random picture, random person take a picture for me. I don't mind being a tourist solo. I actually like it better. So always, I always explore no matter where I am. Even if I'm like in the worst city ever, I'll find somewhere to go. <laughs> yeah. And I think we had the same conversation in Georgia was yeah. we, when we went to Georgia, we were like, let's just go see like Savannah. Let's go yeah. walk around. Let's go, you know, see everything. So, so this is kind of a big question and it was one that was brought up. Um, why is strongman so male heavy? 
And then um, how can we get more, I guess, strong women into the sport of strongman? So I believe it's male heavy just because that's how it started. And they've always, you know, the men have always been on TV. If you've seen them lifting stones, like when anyone doesn't know what strongman is, you just like, oh, the people on TV that lift stones, lift cars. And they're like, oh, okay. I've seen that before. And that's how I explain it too. Me too. Yeah, exactly. And then people will be like, oh, I didn't know women did that. So (laughs) we still have a ways to go. But I think just like what we're doing right now, is going to help it grow. You know, social media is huge. That's how people hear about it or see it in the first place. And just getting, you know, more women to talk about it and to not be afraid to compete. Like I'll have people that come to me and they say like, well, I want to train for X number of years before I compete. And my advice is always like, nope, just jump in or you're not going to learn. And then once people, once you can finally get someone to jump in, I've honestly never had someone do it and say they weren't going to do it again. I really like I've coached a lot of people and I really I've had people take breaks because of like life events or pregnancies, but I've never had someone do it and then not want to do it again ever. Yeah, I could see that. Like once I <laughs> dipped my toe in, like that was it. There yep. was like no looking back. It's so much fun. And then one thing that I did my first show was it was in Connecticut, so it was up closer to you. It was Battle of the Bells if I'm if I remember yeah, the only event correctly. It was one. only girls. Yeah. It was girls event. only. And that was really helpful. Mm-hmm. I thought that like really made it easy to compete for women. Yeah, I agree. And there is a lot more shows that are just, you know, women. Cause I think that, you know, women can get into, that can be intimidating, like to have to compete in front of everyone and go against the men, things like that. So yeah. But I think it's a big like misconception is that people think, well, I have to be strong first and then I can compete. Like we get the same thing with like, when I talk to people about CrossFit, um, you know, a lot of people would say, well, I can't do pull-ups yet. So, you know, I'll wait until I can do pull-ups and then I'll join CrossFit. And I was like, 80% to 90% of the people in the CrossFit gym can't do a pull-up. Like you're going to fit in perfectly there. Like the point of these sports is to like keep building as you go. But I think a lot of people think I've got to already be one of the strongest people mm-hmm. in the world in order to compete in strongman. Um, so I think that's just like a huge misconception that people have to start to kind of break out of. And just get out and try, you know, a local show and, you know, just get involved. Or even like little things like, like when we hit a movement, like say we have like, I don't know, Circus Dumbbell. And our Circus Dumbbell at America's Strongest Woman was super heavy. For each weight class, it was super heavy. So even for a, a lot of people just to get one rep was a lot of weight. Like it's a PR. And if you got two, it's like, holy crap, it's another PR. Yeah. So even like you go to these events, your adrenaline's pumping the crowd is going wild and as much as you might not win the event, you hit the PRs. And that to me is like, you don't get any, there's no place else you're going to get that feeling. Exactly. I'm never going to get that feeling. I get that feeling. <laughs> but you I'll, know what I mean? Like that, no. I think that's an amazing feeling. I think that's the most important part. And I sometimes feel like a broken record when I'm talking to clients. So it's good that we're saying this like on an outlet like this, because so many women will say, they'll look at a competition and say like, well, I know I won't be able to hit that circus dumbbell or that deadlift, so I'm not going to do it. And I tell my story, okay, I was in the same boat. When I first went to nationals, there was a keg. I think it was 165, and I was like, I know no matter what I do in three weeks, I'm sure as hell not going to be able to do that. Now, so many other people zeroed that I still made it 
I still like, I think I got second place overall, even while zeroing an event. So I always tell people like, if you think you're going to zero, don't let that hold you back because there's the way the scoring works. There's so many more opportunities. And it's like, if it's heavy for you, then it's probably heavy for someone else. (laughs) It should be, you know, I I think I was just picturing, um, uh, uh, the, what's the strongest games in Daytona, Florida, official official strongman games. Uh, that was like two years ago when uh, Kristen was competing. There was the one event. It was like the Viking press. It was like this uh, big red apparatus. It was my first zero. It had two handles over your shoulder, and you had to push press the weight up over your shoulder. And the weight, I, I don't know what it was, but it was very heavy. It was a very aggressive weight. And I remember the first heat for the lightweight girls came out, and there was like six girls all lined up. And it was like three, two, one, go. All six of them for, spent one minute trying to get one rep. None of them got a rep. And then yeah. it was like heat two came out. Six girls lined up, none of them got a rep. And it was like heat three came out, and Kristen was in that heat. And I'm like, just do one. I was like, just do one. And she was so close to getting one. And like that heat was over. And then it was like the final heat came out, and like maybe three girls got a rep or two. Maybe um, maybe there's a girl who got more, and I'm, you know, I don't want to like put her down. But like it basically was like 75% of the women didn't do one rep. And this is like at the biggest event in Florida. Everybody's watching. And I'm like, 75% 75% of the women all got a zero on that event. And it's like, that's kind of how the sport is. Like some people will zero, some people will get a couple reps and you'll have a couple athletes who maybe get a bunch of reps on that event. So exactly. Um, yeah. It's not the end of the world exactly. when you can't do a weight. Yeah, exactly. Um, somebody actually in the chat asking, and it just caught my eye. What's your favorite event? Oh, that's so hard. I like everything. Probably Atlas Stones if I had to choose. Um, and they're not even my best event. I just think that they are the most fun thing in the world to do. <laughs> they're so strong, man. Yeah. How about you? Uh, if you, if you, um... uh, car deadlift. Okay. Go just on. because that's how I got into strongman to begin with. Yeah. It's still just my favorite. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a good one. If you, um, could like kind of close your eyes and think back to your strongman career. Is there any like one event that stands out to you, whether it's like winning something or watching something or seeing something, was there anything that like kind of stands in your memory as like, this was a cool thing that I experienced during my career? Yeah, definitely. It was the Arnold 2017. Actually it was the year I got my pro card. So it was. I day- met you there. Yeah, that, that was the one we met. Yes. That was the one. Yes. So I just knew, so I, I went into this contest, literally, literally my mom gave me a ride to the airport. And at this point I had missed my pro card the year before, again, a whole year before by a small technical error. And my body was just tired. And I was like, you know, putting so many hours into it. And I literally told my mom, I was like, mom, if I don't come back a pro, I'm done. But I knew, I just knew I was going to get it. Cause I just, I didn't care. But um, anyways, the first event. So I'm getting goosebumps because I know the end of the story. Yeah. Do you remember how I said um, at nationals, I zeroed the keg. So again, the keg comes back into my life. Um, and it was a very weird, like pressing medley. It was you walk 10 feet, press the clean and press the keg once walk or whatever, run 10 feet, do it again. And then one more, you do it as many reps as you can. So as many in 60 seconds. So when the training block had started for that 10 weeks prior, again, I still, I think it was 170 pound keg. My most was like 150. Somehow, I don't know how, I won that event and I got seven reps. So it was a huge PR. And everyone knew that like Brittany Diamond is not a presser, is not a presser. So like, this is a 
And I won the event. Everyone's like, how the hell did you do that? And I was like, I just my own technique. Um, and that, and that was the first event. And usually pressing is always first. And usually it's not something I do good in. So it just set the tone. It just set the tone. And it kind of proved to me that like, as corny as it sounds, like if you, everything's mental. Like if you work your ass off for something and you want it bad enough, like it wasn't like I just decided. That was a whole year in the works of like visualizing me succeeding and kicking ass. So that was hands down my favorite moment ever. <laughs> just such a great feeling. And you got your pro card. Yeah, and I got my pro card. So <laughs> I remember, I remember I met you like right after and it was like, she's a pro. And I was like, oh my God, that's Brittany Diamond. Yeah. And you were like at my booth at the Arnold and I was just working. That's and so you like came to the booth and that was like yeah. when I met you. And it was yeah, so cool. Charity, the following, you guys, the yeah. following March, I competed. That's so cool. That's so great. I know we've been knowing each other for a long time now. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, was that four years now? Yeah. 2017. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I think what, that's what's insane about the strongman community. And like, I've, you know, I've dabbled with bodybuilding and like other sports, but like strongman, like, I feel like we really do keep in touch with each other. <laughs> it's close. It's close. It's a close community because there's, it's not so big yet. Yeah. I feel like it's still new. It's still growing. Yeah. So I think the people that you meet are people that you see on the regular, really. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'll judge time periods. Like, you know how some people are like, oh, my birthday. I'm like, I always look back. I'm like, when was the Arnold's? Okay. That's when <laughs> like, I'll go back. I use it as like a, like a time stamp, I guess. <laughs> yep. Yes, I do. <laughs> it's definitely a time stamp. <laughs> um, let's talk about like business and work. Um, what do you do besides picking up like Atlas stones and cars and flipping tires? <laughs> yeah. Great question. Cause that doesn't really pay. Um, unfortunately. So we're trying to get it there, but yeah, so I left the corporate world about a year ago because I was coaching full time. I was trying to do like both jobs at once. And now it's funny you're asking this now because I'm actually getting away from coaching. I've been getting rid of clients um, when they're done competing and just kind of sorting out. And I'm, my brand's going in a different direction. I'm doing more like working with different companies. Um, so I have sponsors I work for now. And then I'm doing like, I hate this term, but like influencing. But I love it. I love it because I get to write, get to take pictures. Um, I don't promote anything I don't believe in. And it's just, again, it's kind of funny because like Strongman brought me there, even though it's totally, totally unrelated. <laughs> I think it's only like a negative term if you like let it be. But I think like, you know, a lot of people like there's always hatred towards being like an influencer. And it's typically yeah. from people that like have a real job, but would love to be able to do something like be an influencer. And uh, when you are able to create like an audience and have a group of people follow you that actually care about the decisions you make in life. And a company is going to pay you to tell these people like, mm -hmm. hey, these are the things I like. Um, it only proves if you're true to yourself, if you actually support the companies that you believe in. So, exactly. you know, if you're a pro athlete and all of a sudden you're supporting like Coca-Cola or Pepsi, you know, and you don't actually drink this stuff or don't like it or if you don't think it's good for people and you're promoting it. Yeah, then I can see how people can call you like a fraud or a fake. But if it's products that you actually like genuinely like and people can tell you actually genuinely like it. It's very believable. And it's just, I think, you know, it kind of just goes hand in hand. If you have a big social media following and a company wants to support you and you support that company, it's just a mutual, like, it's a nice relationship to have with people. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm still, you know, it's funny because a lot of people like Chris and I can talk to you about this. Like, oh, that must be nice. I'm like, no, no, no. This is, it's awesome because it's your own schedule and you can be creative and nothing's off limits. But 
I work, first of all, I get paid way less and I work way more than I did when I was in the corporate world. Like you're always working, but you know, the old saying, like, if you love what you do, you never work in a day in your life. When I'm truly doing what I love, um, it doesn't really feel like I'm working. I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> like, if I, right. yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you I'm really like, think about it too. Like somebody that could sit there and say to you like, oh, it must be nice. We like, just talked about this. Too. Yeah. Like you didn't wake <laughs> up this morning and have a huge social media following and a huge fan base. Like you work to do that. You work by proving yourself as an athlete and getting people to follow who you are. Being legitimate. Yeah. Posting photos, getting people to follow and like mm-hmm. the person you are. And, and so, I mean, it's like, you've done this for year after year after day after day. Like people you can't, like no love and trust you. Right. Exactly. So like people that have that attitude of like, Oh, like, you know, people say to us too, is like, Oh, I wish I got lucky like that. And I'm like, mm. bullshit. Like we never got lucky. Like nobody just walked into our house and just handed us something like yeah. you work for it. You built this like empire and now companies now support you too. So, I mean, people that have that attitude, it's like they're setting themselves up with this like victim mentality right from the get go. Exactly. So. And the best, and Kristen, you helped me with this. The best advice I ever got was just do what you want. And I honestly didn't start doing that because I used to just do like limit myself. You didn't. I was like, I'm just strong, man. I'm just strong, man. And then a few months ago, I don't know if it's just like with age or something, but I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to be whoever the hell I want to be. Post what I want. I didn't expect it to be so receptive because I love clothes. I love shoes. I love my dog. I love cooking. And I'm just literally doing stuff like it's so authentic because it's shit I do anyways. Yeah. Before, like I said, I was but trying But it's to- you. Yeah, so you helped me with that. It's actually you. Yeah, so you've helped me a lot with that because before mm-hmm. I'd think, oh, it's just lifting. People only follow me for lifting. And then I was like, screw that. I'm not just one box. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think too, like, I mean, like even for me, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people, is like, I want to see people other than, like, I don't want to just see you pick up an Atlas Stone every day. Like, that's cool. And I respect that. But then I want to also see, like, you know, if I'm an outsider, I want to also see like what your life is like, like what kind of stuff do you do? Like what's your daily life? Like what kind of things are you into? Like it just gets boring if you're just posting the same thing every day. Like I want to see yeah. other things about your life. It makes it, it's like an episode of like on Netflix. Like I want to see more than just yeah. the lifting of the stuff. Exactly. Like, yeah. Social media is almost like a documentary of the person that you're watching in this case, because yeah. I love that you're doing what you want to do too. Like we've had this conversation. I don't even know how many times and I love that you're, finally doing it finally Finally. Uh, so since we're talking about like being an influencer and stuff like any companies that you want to shout out any sponsors that right now that are supporting you and helping you along the way shout them all out yeah definitely so i just recently signed with granite supplements which is huge for me because i always wanted to be with a supplement company but i'd always dabbled with so many products i was like i don't know how to be loyal to just one And then, you know, John Meadows is someone that I've always looked up to in terms of business, but also as an athlete. And then I tried his protein and he's actually the reason. So I thought I I battled with skin issues my whole life. And sorry, I'm making this long story. I'll I'll tie it in. But I tried his protein. It has whey in it and it worked for me. And then I tried a bunch of his other supplements and I was like, cool, no skin issues, no digestive issues. So I signed with them. So I'm with Granite Supplements. And then just the other day, this is another really hard choice for me because I love clothes and I didn't want to limit myself to just having to wear one thing, but I signed with um, Savage Barbell. I don't know, it's all black, so it's kind of hard to see, but... <laughs> oh my God, That's I just actually... bought my first outfit from Savage Barbell. And if you would have signed like uh, maybe like a couple days earlier, we could have like used your coupon code. Do you have a coupon code? I, I could probably use it. Yeah, you should use it. What is it? B-Dimes 15. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I just bought a whole bunch of stuff for the open because I'm going to do the CrossFit open this year. Ah! Spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> but I bought a whole bunch of like new shorts and stuff and I ordered from Savage because one of my friends at the gym was like, I was like, your butt looks awesome because I'll throw it out there. If what it was his good. name? It was a she. Oh, it right. was Shelly. Right. You knew that. And um, she said Savage. And I was like, okay, I'm going to order from Savage. If you go back to your order, I don't know if you want to go through all this, but if you go back to the order and then just their customer service, it's literally his daughter, they'll refund you. It's okay. I'm not worried about it. I'm all for it. Well, if it helps her get commission. Do you get commission? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Okay, then I'll I'll do that. But I think they're owned by a firefighter. Am I right? Yep, he's a firefighter a long time ago. So I'm all about supporting, you know, law enforcement, firefighters, First responders in general, so I don't have a problem with that. But if you'll get commission, I'll I'll go back and and do my homework. Well, kind of a funny story about that, too, just to go back to, like, doing what you want. When you do what you want in life, it follows you. So I'm dating this guy who's, like, trying to get more into photography and stuff like that. And they actually, when they, like, they brought me on, they're like, all right, we need to do a photo shoot. Do you have someone in mind or or do you want us to pick someone for you? And so I was just like, no, I'll use the guy I'm dating. So it's cool because now we're going to do a shoot. It's like we get to hang out. But we're both getting paid for it. I'm like, this is literally that's awesome. come true. <laughs> so yes, that's awesome. Yeah. So and then I'm with RP Strength too. Um, and yeah, that's it. So love the companies I'm with. As you know, you're you have sponsors too. Um, you know, you have to love, you know, because it's it's a mutual relationship. It's not just like a one way thing. So it is, and and like we talked about earlier, the fact that you know, not like the not jumping around company to company and really believing in the product that the company puts out, it means a lot. Like even you said Savage, and I was like, oh, I totally wear their stuff too because it's a good company. You yeah. Know? So it, it works. It works out. People know, love and trust you. Do you have any, uh, any competitions coming up? So I'm not really sure. I don't want to commit. I wanted to do a bodybuilding show, but things up in the North are still like sometimes shows get canceled. And I really don't want to go through the prep of a bodybuilding show that being canceled. So I'm just kind of like waiting to see if shows resume or not up here. Um, And then I'll see where America's Strongest Woman is. Strongest Woman in the World just changed. So I feel like the whole world's up in the air. So I'm just rolling with it. I might just do what I did in November and jump into something last minute. I do plan to compete this year. So we'll see. We'll see. If there's yeah. any shows in the South Carolina area that you want to get into, you can always stay with us. I was going to say, Shiny, you always have a home. Mi casa es su casa. Yeah, we're going to be running, I think, some events. We have a swim event coming up. We have a pool getting installed yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there's going to be a couple other events that will be announced right. soon in the backyard. So. I have a yoke you can carry if you want. And there's no bike. entrance fee, which is also nice, too. So, <laughs> And your flights are included when you come to Myrtle Beach. We'll take care of those as well. <laughs> I'm always down. You know, honestly, competing is just fun for me now. Like, I used to take it so seriously, and I do take it seriously, but it's like at the level that, you know, Kristen and I, Kristen and I are at, like, we're always training. So we're never like, obviously, we can improve and focus on it. Not like off season. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for anybody that doesn't currently follow you right now, where can, hold on, I'm just trying not to spill my wine. Yeah, don't spill so it. Anybody that doesn't follow you right now on social media or anything like that, where can people follow you? Are you on? Uh, you're on YouTube also, right? Uh, I think I saw you post in, uh, on your YouTube channel. So. Yeah, I should get more active on that. But uh, Instagram is the main thing that I use for like all announcements and everything like that. Um, so just B Dimes, B underscore Dimes, D I M E Z. And yes, that's my real name, Brittany Diamond. We have that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I think I asked that. It was like, so is Diamond like a stage name? Is that Instagram? Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Um, are you going to push the YouTube stuff a little harder? 
Yeah, I think I'm, I'm working with Granite right now to see if we do it on their channel or mine. Um, I struggle really hard with like technology stuff. So um, we're still trying to get better with it. Yeah. So that's the one thing. Cause you know how it is, Kristen. Like I give you so much credit because you do everything, but like, you know, every platform. I couldn't without him. Forget it. I could not keep everything going. Yeah. That's the thing. So the guy I'm dating, we'll see how serious, um, you know, if he wants to go into business with me, essentially, that'd be the goal. Because he <laughs> We're dating, stop. but you're also hired full time. Here, hold so, this camera. Oh, well, photography, so I'd, I'd want to help him grow, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to. Baby, hold your. Know your place. Never know what can happen. We're good. <laughs> Never know, right? But yeah, you guys are goals, so. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. The hustle and muscle. All right. Um, any questions for us? While you're on here? No, just kind of, yeah, just what am I, when are we having this pool party? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll text you. It's I'll, almost done. The I'll slide is... into your DMs. Oh, I have a, one last question before you go. Yeah. Talking about DMs. When I said DMs. I didn't oh, you, oh, that's right. How bad are the DMs on Instagram? Like, she can't be the only one. Like, you've got to get something, right? Like, please tell me she's not the only one. That is the one part of social media that I literally hate because I have to look through DMs, right? I want to hire someone for it because, you know, there's real stuff in there like like this conversation or yes. inquiries or sponsor. There's real stuff in there, but it's sorting through the BS. And it's just, it's always the same people and they'll make, I'll block them and they make new accounts. You can tell it's the same person because it's like they send, you know, they try to send yes. me information and they try to like send us money. And it's just so, I usually, I try to um, three times a week go through like the requests because I can't do it every day because it literally makes me very mad. <laughs> it makes me mad. It like, it, it's like the bad, bad juju, like the bad vibes, bad time. Like, hey, come out to Dubai and I'll give you a Rolex. Yeah. That, and then, you know, that's, and then there's obviously like, I think I got one today when I posted a question box for us, like about if we're really women or not, shit like that. And that doesn't phase me. It doesn't make me mad. It's just, it's a waste of my time. Yeah. Why am I reading this? <laughs> like I would pay somebody to go through my DMs so I don't have to go through that. Same. That's a really good idea. I'm, I'm honestly, that's like what I want to do more than anything. Cause it's like, all right, just, it's like a spam folder. I think next time you come on the podcast, I'm going to have you go through and screenshot some of your DMs and bring those questions on here. We're going to share oh, so some fun. of the most absurd DMs that you get. <laughs> That sounds like so much fun. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for taking an hour so out of your Wednesday night and coming onto our podcast. Um, so anything? And you have any last questions? No, me? I'm just so happy you came on. You're you are probably my favorite pro strongman, and oh, I don't care if I get any hate for that. But you've not only been my friend since I even knew what the sport was, but you've been somebody that I can bounce ideas off of in all aspects of life. And I think that oh, makes you a, really, you. a very real person, feeling a very mutual. real friend. So I love you. I love you too. So. Billy is totally mutual. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you again. All right. Thank you so much for coming on and we will talk to you later. Bye. All right, guys. So thank you guys for uh, standing by in the chat room and uh, in the chats and the DMs and not writing anything horrible. I went through. I think it was all pretty good. Yeah, I appreciate um, that. Oh, uh, our next guest. Next week is St. Patty's Day. Right. So next week, we're going to be out consuming beverages with our friends. And I urge you all to go out, not consume beverages, but go out and find an Irish person. Give them a kiss on the cheek. Can I kiss you on the mouth? I'm not Irish, so you cannot kiss me. Oh, okay. I'm going to go find an Irishman to kiss on the mouth. Yes, but then we will be back in <laughs> two weeks. 
Right. With episode number three. Right. Can we? Oh my God, I'm so excited. So if you guys want to see who's going to be the guest on. And I'll give you a hint. It's not one person. Whoa. Oh, we got two. Let me get this thing rolling. Guys, we'll be right back You're after this gonna intro. Love it. So here we go. Week three on the Hustle Muscle Podcast. couple to another we've got claudia fajal and daniel d money stevens coming on yes. next we have both of them coming on next wednesday night 9 p.m same time next yes. week yes um i mean is anybody else amped because i am beyond amped nervous excited um hoping that Kristen gets um sick and can't be here the same with d money stevens and it's just me and claudia <laughs> like not no ill will I am but really if that excited. happened i wouldn't yeah your brain my brain locked up for a second yeah that means two <laughs> of us david two of us you're welcome david <laughs> um so first of all if you don't follow both of them right uh you 100 percent should i'm not gonna get it's so hard i want to like kind of like explain a little bit more now um but i don't because there's so much um for us, for the four of us to talk about. And I think if you guys, again, for everybody in this here. This may be longer than a, a one hour. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, I don't want to keep people on here longer than they have to be. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I would love to just like sit here and be able to like talk for a lot. I think there's so much valuable information. If you like fitness, if you oh, like. Jim thinks I'm funny. Jim thinks you're funny. Well, then Jim's an idiot because you're not funny at all. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, sorry, Jim. I didn't mean that. You're probably a really nice person. Um <laughs> Everybody, Jim's like, I'm not following him anymore. <laughs> um, oh, we're out of wine, too. Uh, you drank it all. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, fitness. I mean, they're just like a hot couple. They are a hot couple, but they work their asses off. Yes. So we are going to touch on the hustle. They're like the West Coast. They're like the West Coast hustle and muscle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty insane. Yeah. But they both hustle and... And I will put our email on here too. So if you guys have any questions. Definitely. Um, yeah. Send us for sure. Send us your questions, please. Yeah. Get them in. Um, if if there's anything special you want to ask, um, make sure that you include your name and like the city and state you're mm -hmm. from too. And we will uh, get them out there. I, I think we had a couple of questions that we asked uh, Brittany 
tonight, but we didn't include the name. Well, we had a lot of questions via Instagram. So if you send us an email and like he said, put your name and your city and state, yeah. we can actually put that information that is true. in. They all did come off right. Instagram. So they all did come off Instagram. So if you email us, we can actually give you credit for the question. So definitely do that at the hustle and muscle podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you guys in two weeks. Yes. Peace out. Two weeks. Peace out. Bye.